0: Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound
1: the battle cry.
0: Two men, 15
1: minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Andrew.
0: Hello, Edwin. We're continuing on in Matthew chapter 11, continuing on, talking about John the Baptist, one of the greatest
1: ever Absolutely, as we're going to see today. Yeah. Looking at Matthew chapter 11, and I'm going to read verses 7 through 15 from the New King James Version. Matthew chapter 11, verse 7. As they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, What did you go into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in kings' houses. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he and from the days of john the baptist until now the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force for all the prophets and the law prophesied until john and if you are willing to receive it he is elijah who is to come he who has ears to hear let him hear I'm just checking
0: i i have ears <laughs> They're covered with headphones right now, but I do have them. I uh, guess that means I'm supposed to be listening I th- to this. I guess we're supposed to hear this. Listen up and understand. Listen. He who has ears to hear, listen up. I don't... Let me ask you this. When Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear, is he saying that there are specific people who are chosen to hear and they're the ones that need to listen? Or is this actually more like a, look, have you got ears? You need
1: to listen to this. I think it's that second one. I think it's... It's the all call there. You have ears. This is for you. And then, of course, now we're you need to be
0: paying attention because however you hear, mm-hmm. you know, you've know you heard this, and, and now you're going to be responsible for this, and you need to pay more attention to this.
1: You know, that calls us back, I think, to the end of the Sermon on the Mount when he tells a story about the two builders. The wise builder is the man who hears the word and does it and oh, yeah. obeys it. Okay? He has ears to hear and he hears. And so I think what's implied here is an acceptance and an obedience to whatever the teaching is. I know in a couple of chapters when we get to the parables, we're going to
0: hear this idea of the one who has ears to hear, let him hear. Yeah, I do think it's just really that drawing attention. It's a figure of speech that's saying... You got eyes? You need to be looking. You got ears? Mm-hmm. You need to be listening. And you will be judged based on how you do that. He, he's going to
1: say that later. Yeah, what I'm saying is that important. Now, what he's saying reflects upon John the Baptist. And to pick up something that we, we mentioned yesterday, um, in, in the context of, does Jesus overtly claim to be the Son of God? And we said, well, you know, in that one chapter, he was acting like God and he was receiving worship like he was God. So forth, here he points to a scripture, and says that John the Baptist is the living fulfillment of that scripture, and that scripture is one who is coming before the Lord. So, who does that make Jesus? Edwin. <laughs> do 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 do. We're gonna go with who is the Lord? Yeah. Who For is the Lord? Yeah, Andrew. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, I yeah I just uh, I, I struggle with this idea when people say that well Jesus never claimed to be God Jesus never claimed to be the Son of God he demonstrated it again and again
0: and again and he did claim it in multiple ways the you know the interesting thing is Andrew if Jesus went around saying I'm God I'm God I'm God uh, folks would say, well, you can't trust him for saying that. He can't testify to himself. Yeah, I mean, the reality is, if you're going to be a skeptic and if you're going to deny, any excuse will do. Right. And so we're just going to find the ones that, that fit our case. And he, But Jesus does demonstrate again and again his deity, his messiahship, the fact that he is the Christ, he is the anointed, he is the king, the son of David, the son of God, all of those things. It's him.
1: It's It's a great way that you said that. He leads people to this understanding. He leads people to this conclusion instead of... Instead of just making these declarations, which people might tend to push back dismiss. on. Dismiss.
0: Absolutely. So he says that among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist.
1: I'm sure people were looking quizzically at that. That's a strange thing to say.
0: I mean, there have been emperors, there have been kings, uh, there have yeah. been
1: governors. Hey, have... Even in what I read, he talked about, why did you go out into the wilderness? You wanted to see someone in soft clothing? Those people live in palaces, right? John is not one of the quote greats as men see greats. He's not a king. He's
0: he's not a ruler. He's not a philosopher. He's not now he does say, Did you go out to see a prophet? Yes, he's a prophet, and he's more than that. Here's who he is. He's the the Elijah, this promise of a coming Elijah. He's the one that's coming in the full spirit of Elijah. And I find that fascinating because as we talk about his greatness and we talk about his prophet, there's a few things that we don't ever see from him. For instance, to my knowledge... We never see him perform any miracles, no signs, no wonders that he performed himself. In fact, there's a point in the scripture where the folks talk about Jesus versus John, and they'll say, look, John never did any of these kinds of things that Jesus is doing.
1: Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm.
0: so no miraculous powers demonstrated by John. I don't think we see any foretelling from John. I mean, I guess the kingdom is at hand is a bit of a foretelling, but it's not, It's not. hey, off in the future, on this day, this event is going to happen, or watch for this sign, it's going to mean this. Uh, so, so there's no foretelling that John does, and no miraculous signs, but Jesus himself says, John is a prophet, and more than a prophet.
1: He is the Elijah, and so he points to John As a fulfillment of prophecy, this hope that Elijah would come is is basically the the end note of the Old Testament canon. When you go to Malachi chapter 4 and verse 5, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. We've seen that part of John's work was to turn the hearts of men and to make straight the paths for the Lord. But the other part of that is Malachi said Elijah is going to be doing this. And now here Jesus says John is Elijah.
0: We talked about this when we saw John earlier, his unique dress. Mm as it was pointing back to Elijah
1: Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm.
0: Elisha and these prophets uh, of old that were prophets of judgment on -hmm. these kings. Mm -hmm. Uh, But John doesn't call fire down from heaven. John doesn't walk. He doesn't divide waters. John doesn't multiply food for anyone. John doesn't raise anyone from the dead. But what does John do? John prepares the way for Jesus. He goes out into the wilderness and he teaches. Mm-hmm. And he lets people know the one is coming. He's here. I'm going to point him out to you. Right, right. And so this this tells us a little bit about what a prophet is. We've, we've mentioned this before. We tend to think, and I love the way folks have said this, that a prophet is someone who is foretelling. Mm-hmm. But I think you're the one that told me this. What we actually need to understand a prophet is one who is telling.
1: Yeah. The, the, Explain basic job of a prophet is to be the mouthpiece of God. He comes and he speaks God's Word. Now, as you've pointed out, with these prophets in Scripture, often there is an accompanying sign or miracle as a accreditation for his Word, right? Uh, but, yeah, to speak God's Word. If God wants to demonstrate this is the Word of God, you know, a sign he can give could be the Foretelling the, um, you know, I was going to use the word prophetic. prophecy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, because, but I mean, really, that underscores the point. We we almost cannot use this word prophecy or prophetic without the concept of foretelling the future. Telling, yeah, future casting, right? Uh, and, and instead of understanding, no, no, it's God's word. That should be the first thing we think. Yes, and then sometimes God's word has to do with the future, but not always. A prophet
0: is one who speaks the
1: mind of God.
0: What's amazing about the mind of God is he not only knows what has happened and what is happening, he knows what will happen. Exactly. And so sometimes his prophet will tell us what is going to happen in the future. But he is a prophet, not because he is foretelling something from the future. He is a prophet because he is revealing from God, Mm -hmm. God's mind Mm -hmm. and will Mm -hmm. and word. And that's what John did. And I think for me, when I look at, Isaiah and Jeremiah and Elijah and Elisha and Samuel and Nathan it certainly seems like these guys did a lot more than John did. They performed some amazing things some of them did more than John did. But Jesus says I want you to know he's the greatest. He's the greatest. Why is he the greatest? Because his message Is that the kingdom is here? The kingdom is at hand. The Messiah is here. Get back to him. All of this, all of this that all these other prophets had set the stage for and pointed to way off in the future, John has come in and said, It's now. It's
1: happening. We're living in the days. Be ready. It's his proximity to the Christ and to this kingdom of God that it's all been pointing to this. And now here is John, the, the close of these prophets of this Old Testament era. And yet, the person who is least
0: in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. Mm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. There's two things that I want to get from that. First of all, I think there's something here about Bible study that we need to learn. Yeah? Can I share that one with you first? This is just kind of a practical, pragmatic Bible study thing. Okay, let me get my... Get your pen out. You need to Uh... take notes on this one. All right, (laughs) here's the thing. We have to be very careful when we start looking at phrases and words and cross-referencing and assuming that every phrase and word has some kind of technical definition.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: That every time I see this word or phrase, it's got to mean this technical thing. Because here Jesus talks about the least in the kingdom being greater than John. Yeah. Well. But earlier in Matthew, we saw Jesus talk about the least in the kingdom, when he said that if somebody relaxes one of the least of these commandments, they're going to be least in the kingdom. Matthew 5. Jesus is not saying that people who relax his commandments are greater than John.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, he just can't be. No.
0: In, in, in the sermon, he's not using least in the kingdom as a complementary thing. No. And in fact, there's reason to believe just from that context that by least in the kingdom, he's actually referring to people who haven't even come into the kingdom yeah, at all. Yeah, they're, they're out
1: of the kingdom. The the very, Matthew 5.19 for people that are studying along. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. The The very next verse is about people who never enter the kingdom.
1: Right, right. Okay.
0: So now he's talking about the least in the kingdom again. Is that a technical phrase? And every time I see it, we're referring to the same people. No, it's a group of words that can be used in various and sundry ways. And here he's using it to refer to people who are actually in the kingdom but have not done what seems like really, really great stuff. And he's saying, if you're in the kingdom, Mm -hmm. you're great. John is the greatest one who's ever lived. Not Muhammad Ali. Mm. Mm -mm. John is Mm -hmm. the greatest. All right. John is the greatest. If you're in the kingdom of heaven, you're even greater than him. Why? Because of anything I've done? No because I'm in the kingdom. And that's the second point. Um, I heard someone the other day, uh, Jared Saltz. I got to hear him in an interview, and he was quoting someone. I have no idea who he was quoting. But the fellow had said something like, look... Real manhood, true masculinity, is basically just getting the job done. You know, it's going to work, it's raising your kids, it's taking care of your wife, it's, you know, talking to people mm-hmm. about Jesus. But because for many of us, true masculinity isn't enough, we have to create controversies so that we can be warriors and heroes. And and I thought that was really a fascinating <laughs> statement. Yeah. The idea that what is truly great often isn't enough for us. So it's like we manufacture what mm. we think is great. Jesus here tells us what's
1: great. You know when I'm great? Mm. When I'm in the kingdom. Hey, call back to the end of chapter 10, where it says in verse 42, whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple assuredly will say, by no means lose this reward. Something as small and humble as that could be greatness. When I'm, we don't even think that way, do we? No, we don't
0: even think that way. No, no, no. I got to make a million dollars, and I got to conquer the world. Then I'm great. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got to be CEO, or I've got to win the Heisman. Then I'm great. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Jesus says we're great when we serve one another, when we just quietly go about our business, being faithful to Him. When we're in the kingdom, we're not great because of what we do. We're great because we're in the kingdom with Jesus Christ, our great King. Yes, it's been great to talk about this. We got more in Matthew 11. There'll be more conversations. Uh, Email us. uh, text talk at christiansmeethere.org, text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Check out the Facebook group. We'd love to hear from you, any questions that you have, things that are helping you in the Gospel of Matthew. Let's wrap up with a prayer. Holy God, you are magnificent and awesome. You are great. Thank you for letting us be your people, who because you are our great God, we also are great. It is by your grace and strength and power. It is by your love it is by your including us in your Son's great kingdom that we have greatness, and we thank you for that. It's through our great King Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at ChristiansMeetHere.org check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady,
1: pass the word along.